my dad, who's been farming now since he was a kid on the family farm, said, what you learn as you go through life as an entrepreneur and a business person is the only people who lose are those who quit. And if you don't, if you don't quit, if you keep going and you just adapt how you're thinking about success, you will be successful and it's always achievable. This is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem in the Rocky Mountain region, featuring the founders, funders, and contributors, and the stories of what they're building. I'm Les Craig from Next Frontier Capital, and on today's show, we have Abby Schlotter, who is the CEO and co-founder of Bozeman-based Common Font. Common Font is a tech company that partners with the world's top companies to establish, evolve, and optimize experience management solutions. Welcome to the show, Abby. To start off, why don't you tell me a little bit about your story, just who you are, uh, where you grew up, and how you ended up in the Rockies. Thanks, Les. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I grew up in central Illinois on a farm. My parents still live in central Illinois and they still farm. And from a very early age, I was um, inspired to experience new things, to travel, to learn, to grow. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go out of state to, to school and to go to Harvard for my undergrad, which opened up a number of, of new opportunities and, and doors for me very early in my um, experience as, as a young adult. And that, uh, for me, has inspired a lifelong commitment to, to learning, to providing people with um, equal opportunities and access to, to education and um, exposure and uh, carries over into to where I am as a professional today. Um, from that uh, college experience, I went on to do a lot of different things. I wrote for a travel guide book in a couple of different countries. I worked as a manager of a warehouse and um, a sales organization in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Stanford Business School. I interned with Google and UNICEF in East Africa. Um, I was a member of uh, the leadership team and, and head of operations and finance at a high power conversion electronics company in the Bay Area. And, you know, after all of that, I found my way to Bozeman and started Common Fund. So, so clearly we have an absolute underachiever on the podcast today from Harvard to Stanford GSB. I mean, what a what an early career, uh, exciting early career you had. What, uh, what was, what was the motivation to get to Bozeman though? Like I would, I would think, oh, you, you're in the Bay area. Like that's where you still are, but you didn't, you didn't stay there. I did not stay in the Bay area. And I think that, um, very early on in my time at Stanford business school, I, um, encountered a lot of perspectives in, in my schooling where, you know, the only way to run a company is to take a bunch of venture capital funding and grow, 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 grow. That Stanford is very into that model of, of company building. And no, I'm, I'm, um, very, I'm very into that. I, I, model. No, I'm just it's, a, it's a good point, Les. And, and I have no, no beefs with that model. Um, with that being said, I, I had this 
perspective that the business needed to be for me, um, something that was very rooted in a local community, tied to place, tied to people. I wanted to start an, an organization where people were um, highly committed to us as an organization, to growing their career, to serving clients, to serving our community. And uh, Bozeman, very early on, stood out as um, a place where where we could make that happen. Um, in terms of how I actually arrived at the decision with my co-founder to be based in Bozeman, there was a spreadsheet involved. It did predict that out of all of the places in the Rocky Mountain West, Bozeman was the shining star in terms of um, both the uh, entrepreneurial landscape, the the um, college uh, at MSU that's located here, the, the hard science and, and tech um, talent, and the commitment to place that people personify. So I had a spreadsheet that uh, predicted that Bozeman was the place to be, and lo and behold, my predictions were were accurate. So amazing, um, Abby. I, I gotta say, you know, I I've known you for probably seven years now. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but I put together a spreadsheet as well, or, or as I <laughs> called it at the time, a multi-attribute decision matrix. Uh, exactly. And, and my answer was Bozeman too. So I guess, I guess our spreadsheets were right. Great, great minds <laughs> do think alike, Les. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, so Bozeman was the place. And what, what at the time were you? Were you working at for, for Medallia at the time? Because I know you spent some time at Medallia, right? I um I was not so I actually uh, took a leap in coming to Bozeman left um, my job and um, moved to Bozeman without any uh, employment at all I spent time teaching at the the College of Business at MSU and doing a lot of freelance consulting while while also um, remaining really committed to the idea of starting a company and um, being an entrepreneur and and just looking for that that right moment to make that happen and the idea and the opportunity that um, would help me do that. Uh, that opportunity did come through our, our partnership with Medallia, which is one of our technology partners that we still work with today. And my co-founder and I decided to, um, where he had been at Medallia for, for some time as um, head of their global professional services team, we decided that an opportunity existed to form our own company to provide services in that technology ecosystem, which um, Common Font today is, is much more uh, you know, diverse and multifaceted in terms of the technologies that we work with and the clients that we serve. And we've grown from that base, but that was the initial impetus that allowed us to, to take this step. Exciting. And that was, was it 2013, around 2013? 2013, that's correct. Great. What was, uh, what was Bozeman like like all, all the way back then. <laughs> oh, Les, I, let me tell you, when, when we first moved to Bozeman, I had so many people, friends of mine, dear friends saying, oh, you'll never make it there. It's a cow town. It's in Montana. It's cold. Did you not see that winter is, is nine months um, of the year? And in so many doubters and skeptics. And um, that has changed tremendously, as you're well aware, it, over the course of certainly the last five years, but but also really during the pandemic with, with many people recognizing Bozeman as a community um, that has a very high quality of life to offer. 
Um, I would share when we first moved to Bozeman, there were one of the things that drew me to to the place uh, was this per, this sense of like a real pioneering spirit. There were there were a lot of people who were trying to get something going, who had you know a job that they were working in full time, but then a side hustle. Um, yeah. We had a great great group of local entrepreneurs that um, we would get together with that we called Tiny Co. And it was a bunch of founders who like really were you know the extent of the company. There there weren't more people who were kind of powering these organizations at this yeah. time. But, Tiny uh, Co, uh, a, a, a group of uh, companies of one or two, right? Like, it was like exactly. <laughs> it was. It really was tiny, and um, but but just a lot of enthusiasm around this idea of creation, building something from nothing, um, and and with that, you know, helping our community in in Bozeman really grow and and be stronger and be more vibrant and be a place where more people could could make. Um, their their lives because there were jobs here as well yeah what was it like back then i mean so you you started the company uh 2013 20 was 2015 kind of the official year where you started hiring employees we started hiring in early 2015 and we yeah. did um our initial employees uh still recount how they um interviewed in uh our basement and um when they we did we did actually get an office before they started but we had no desks we hadn't yet run down to salt lake city to buy a couple of pieces of ikea furniture so it was it was pretty sparse um at the at the beginning but i will share less those three employees who joined us in our founding year 100 percent of them are with common font today as senior members of our team so kind of so, kind of awesome yeah yeah, that's amazing. So, so was that? It was sort of the 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 hiring of those employees was like you know basically putting a stake in the ground. Like this is it. We're going at this. We're doing this. What was uh, and the company you had you had named the company and branded the company already at that point. Common Font. That's what you were. We had, about. we had me, named the company. Yeah. Tell me about. Tell me about the name because it's. I love. I love the history of the name and what it, what it means. You know, when I when I think about uh, my first impression, I was like, oh, is it? You know, does it have to do with uh, designing text or font or? But mm -hmm. it, it has nothing to do with that, right? It's. It, it has nothing to do with that. Although the the idea of a universal language is also one that kind of speaks mm. to to our name, if that's how people um, associate it. Uh, so the naming story is that my co-founder and I, um, when we decided to start Common Font, and also side note, last my co-founder is also my husband, um, which we can talk oh, about if you'd like oh, to yeah. explore that. that. <laughs> um, and uh, when we left our jobs and decided to start this this company, we um, had one uh, pursuit on a three week trip to Italy, which was to name it, and the name had been very elusive up to this point. We'd had all these naming, um, name stor storming parties with friends. We, you know, had done all of this work to try to figure out what the name would be in it. We just hadn't arrived at it yet. So we took a trip to Italy. We were sitting in a, um, a piazza or a kind of a public square, a gathering place for, for the community. And there's this fountain in the middle of it. And there are kids running and playing by the fountain. And and we were doing a naming exercise uh, and we both wrote down on our piece of paper, 
the term font, uh, which is, you know, the archaic or Latin form of fountain. And then we switched papers because, you know, this was our one objective in Italy, um, in addition to eating a lot of great food and drinking a lot of great wine. Um, and we both wrote down the word common. So we had, we independently kind of arrived with this um, common font and, and what it stood for, what it represented was this idea that our company would both, you know, it was required because we're a services company, we have, we are going to learn, change, grow, adapt always. And, and that fountain with its um, ever flowing water from the, the spring represented that concept. Additionally, um, the, the concept of a common font represents a communal gathering place, shared benefits. Our commitment as an organization is that as we are successful um, organizationally, certainly our employees are, are you know, benefiting from that success, both that success, both in terms of their growth and you know, rewards as employees. Our clients are benefiting from that success and our community is benefiting from that success. So we, we have a number of stakeholders that we serve at Common Font and, and our name strives to represent that. Such a great brand, and so uh, so well representative of of what you do, and and your your the great culture and team you've built. We'll get to that in a little bit. I definitely want to talk about that because you got an amazing team and culture. But first, why don't we why don't we explore a little bit about what you do, what the company does in particular? I think you know I think the term obviously uh, experience management technology is kind of foundational to what you do, and it's somewhat of a newer term. What, could you do a little just description of it for for our uh, for our listeners so they can understand it what it is? Absolutely. Then, Les, I'll share also the um, the the technological advances in our industry and what they are making possible is is just rapidly changing the definition of the term experience management. What that means. Mm-hmm. So I'll share a very discrete answer, and then I'll share a very expansive answer answer to that. So I'll give you two definitions. So experience management is um, the art and the craft of of essentially um, managing experiences and making those experiences better. This is something that 100% of large companies and small companies are, um, you know, needing to do, are engaged with, and are striving to do for their customers so that they continue to, can continue to retain business, grow, grow their clients, reduce churn, all of these great business outcomes. We work with technologies that our clients who are large, you know, Fortune 500 brands, um, leverage in order to manage experiences with customers at scale. So that is the simple definition. The expansive definition is, you know, what if you could not just, you know, think about how an experience went and try to make it better next time, but what if you could anticipate what that experience might be and in the moment make it better, alter the path, provide um, an alternative option for for the customer or the employee, because employees are are part of this um, spectrum as well, and um, and and put them on a plat play in a place where they are choosing a different course, or um, you know, as a company, you are offering them something to to make them stay or to um, purchase if they're on your website, for example. 
And, and so our industry is rapidly becoming one that, you know, transitioning from one that thinks about the past and thinks about how to do it better next time to one that thinks about the future and actually makes that future happen. And the technologies are um, advanced and, and getting more advanced in, in that regard. So what my team does... It seems to me, it seems to me that that is not... That is not a trivial undertaking. I mean, the fact that technology has advanced to allow this sort of real-time or near real-time opportunity is, is pretty fascinating to me. Is there Has there been a major breakthrough in the past few years that has allowed for this sort of, um, you know, is it, is it mostly like just broad-based uh, tools or is there something, has there been a major breakthrough that has allowed for this to be possible? I think there have been a lot of micro breakthroughs and importantly, the pandemic just fueled these expectations among customers and among employees for how they interact with an organization, what that omni-channel experience looks like, the ease of it, their ability to, to be known by companies versus targeted with ads, like all of this has resulted in a snowballing effect. And, um, and, and frankly, I like the technologies are still getting there. There have been a lot of advancements. Our, one of our technology partners, um, Qualtrics has made some real leaps and bounds in this space over the course of the last year. Um, with that being said, companies still uh, tremendous benefit tremendously from a services partner in the form of comma font who can help them understand how these different technologies fit together cohesively to help them achieve their business goals. What we see among our clients is, um, you know, there are a lot of companies that are buying technologies in a very um, point solution based way, or, you know, they'll have one bis business stakeholder who's like, this technology looks great. Let me buy that. Um, and then they end up with this proliferation of tools, none of which are working together in a cohesive way that is intended to, to really drive outcomes with a customer. And that's what our organization helps uh, clients do. Very cool. And as part of that journey, I mean, you started out, it was, it was uh, Medallia only originally. You just mentioned Qualtrics. Um, I assume you've got some other partners as well. Mm -hmm. Have you have you internally needed to build out? I mean, obviously you have your own playbooks and 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 expertise, but have you had to build any sort of lightweight tools as well to help you manage or sort of tech enable uh, your services? Yes, we have. I I would share a couple of things. I you know I think first from a training mindset and development standpoint, we've always. Um, worked with our teammates to consider themselves as problem solvers and and um, individuals who leverage technology in creative ways first versus, you know, teammates who work with a particular platform. So mm -hmm. as teammates progress and advance at Common Font, we seek to develop them in ways where they are gaining additional exposure to different technologies, different tools. Um, importantly, that's always paired up with, with client need and how clients are seeking to, to push forward and innovate. So it's a very, um, you know, that relationship where we're innovating and pushing ourselves 
uh, in tandem with our clients, you know, and, and seeking to really solve the next problem for them that's out there. That has helped our teams develop, grow, and advance our capabilities over time. We do solutions in addition to um, the work that we do within certain technology platforms. We've also developed capabilities to, you know, build custom applications outside of those platforms and um, and uh, have developed some integrations that are out of the box between platforms as well that are more, um, you know, productized or solutions based. Um, all of these things are represent different ways that we can meet our client needs and help them, you know, put these technologies together in a way that's more cohesive and impactful for their business. Awesome. I mean, what a, what a cool opportunity that, that you've, you've really found here in this growing space. Um, what, and speaking of growing, the team has been growing, right? You, we mentioned growing. <laughs> to, to 2015 from 2015 to 2022, where are you today in terms of team size and footprint and all the fun stuff. Yes. So we are um, over, we have eclipsed the 50 person mark, which is exciting. Um, We have uh, two offices. So we're obviously headquartered in, in Bozeman. We now have a second office on the East coast in Providence, Rhode Island, which is a fantastic place. Um, And Bozeman of the East coast. That is, that's right. Les, we're pretty intentional about picking our places. Um, and, uh, the, you know, I think a quick plug on the team, right? Like we take people who may not have technology experience or, or direct, um, experience in what we do. And we, you know, work with people who are highly committed and who want, um, to see the organization and themselves be successful to, to help build their careers, right? So if you've got commitment, if you've got heart, if you've got grit, if you've got talent, but you, you also want an organization to like help you package that all up and, and take it to the next level, Common Font's a great place for teammates who want to do that. For sure. And I got to tell you, the the uh, the handful of employees, Common Font employees I've met and interactive, I mean, interacted with all just world class, like A players, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing people. Um, what so obviously recruiting those people is, has been part of your ability to, to really build a great team. But internally, you you also I think the company has a reputation of having a really amazing culture. Could you talk to us a little bit about your philosophy, how you've built that culture? Um, you know, and, and, and tips you can share for other founders in our region that are trying to do the same. Sure. I think key to key to our culture and probably at the, the deep core and center of it is the concept of service. We serve clients. We serve each other. We serve our team. We're generous in our assessments of other people. We seek to help and to collaborate and, and equip and enable. And that concept carries over in a lot of ways in terms of how our teammates support one another, in terms of how they serve our clients, and in terms of how they serve the organization. So so I would say culturally that concept of service and the, um, the fact that we look for that, we insist on it when we hire individuals. And um, we cultivate that in our teams. We celebrate it, right? It's like if if you like, you know, are performing at um, a very high level or you have a lot of capability, but you're not demonstrating service and care for others, 
there's not a place for you at Common Font. And we've been very clear and, and insistent about that over time as a foundation to our culture. That's great. Great foundational, great, great foundation to build off of for sure. And speaking of that, uh, you know, I think one of the things I've I've most admired about you as a, as a CEO and founder in our community is your commitment to the community. Can you talk to our, our listeners a little bit about how you've managed? I mean, usually as a startup founder, it's like 100% of your life is your job. And it's like, I understand that. Like I've been there, but you have paid particular attention to building better community as, as a, as somebody as who's a member of this community. What, and, what have you done? Who are some of the groups you've worked with? Talk to us about that. Sure. And and I'll, I'll share less. I Unfortunately, I do fall in the category of 100% of my life is my job. <laughs> and in addition... You're just going to give 120, 120%. Yeah, in, in, the, in the 120%, um, we, so we've always had this philosophy with Common Font from the early days. And I, I should share, we're a bootstrapped company. So early days, it's it's my co-founder and I sitting at a really small table, like trying to figure out how to serve clients and, and how to do all of the administration administrative functions as a business. Um, uh, but we did bootstrap. We had to be profitable from the beginning uh, in order to keep doing what we did. And, and we needed to survive. And surviving was success. And we always thought, you know, if we ever survive just a little bit, we're going to make sure that um, we're treating our employees really well, we're treating our communities community really well, and we're um, remaining committed to our founding principles in that regard. So as Common Font has achieved success over the years, we have um, made that, that commitment to community core to how we do business. We've done that through volunteerism from the early years, and then uh, we also have started doing charitable donations. And, and I think, um, we began uh, donating as an organization to groups in our community really early days, like 2015, before we really had much cash at all to, to put towards that, but it was part of our commitment. Um, a couple of years ago, we were in a good spot to, to make a more substantial contribution to our community, and we uh, paired up with HRDC, who is a, a group here in Bozeman that um, serves individuals who are homeless, who are suffering from, you know, hunger and, and inadequate, you know, food, shelter, resources, et cetera. HRDC had an objective to, to build Bozeman's first year-round homeless shelter and a food resource center, a, a campus and, and um, place that the community really needs based on our, our size these days and um, the lack of affordable housing in our community. And Common Fund uh, chose to donate half a million dollars to that organization and also has been committed to, um, you know, sharing, uh, sharing our perspective about the role that companies should play in giving back to their community, helping to promote that concept, helping to get others engaged in, in this particular um, group and, um, and cause and, and really making that centerpiece, a centerpiece of what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, such an amazing commitment to make, especially for a company your size, but I think it's such a great example as well for, you know, what, what we should be expecting of, of, you know, the, the types of commitments to these sorts of initiatives that, continue to make uh, Bozeman an amazing place to live and an amazing community that's that's tight. So uh, 
thank you for that. That's amazing. Um, so 2021, shifting gears a little bit, but mm -hmm. 2021, you were uh, named for the fourth consecutive year uh, on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company list. Uh, and, and I think the stat I saw was like three-year revenue growth of 214% or some, something to that, to that tune. So amazing. It's, it's all been, all been rainbows and unicorns, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Right? Oh, well, <laughs> that'd Eddie. be a stretch. <laughs> so what I want, so yeah, so I, it's always like, I, I know it's, it's never as, as, you know, as, as great as, as it may seem, but like, let's get real about some of the challenges. And because I think challenges in region, challenges as an early stage founder, because I think this is where our listeners hopefully benefit from not only empathizing, say like, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's doable, right? So can you talk to us about some of those challenges and just tips or advice you have for, for overcoming them? Sure. I think that every period of Common Font has had its discrete challenges and, and opportunities. Um, you know, like I said, early day, it, early days, it was all about surviving. Um, as we we progressed through that survival phase, it's become more so about building leadership at our organization, uh, transitioning. We like to say transitioning from founder led to leader led, and having the um, having the the you know, the strength of, of talent in our leadership ranks and, and really focusing on growing a lot of that internally. That's been a big um, push for us over the last couple of years. Um, I think for us as well, like we have worked, so we've been fortunate with a lot of organic growth. A lot of these clients that we have served have been um, really committed to spreading the word about Common Font, and that has led to great results over time, and hence the the Inc. Uh, listing and and our place on that. We've also, as an organization, as we've grown, we've also need to mature needed to mature in certain ways. And um, in the last year, I have built uh, with my team a commercial function, a finance function recruiting and hiring, right? Like we're building out all of these things as we go. The boring things they have oh, to build. man. Yeah, exactly, right? And and then as we get those in place, I'm like, wow, why did why didn't we do that sooner, you know? Um but I I do think that um I was having a conversation with with uh my father, the farmer, um earlier this year and I was like, man, you know, it's like every time I think that we're crushing it and just like, you know, we're at the next level, something like shows up and you're like, wow, we need to address this. And this is a challenge and a problem. And, uh, you know, my dad, who's been farming now since he was a kid on the family farm said, you know, the only people who, what you learn as you go through life as an entrepreneur and a business person is the only people who lose are those who quit. And if you don't, if you don't quit, if you keep going and you just adapt how you're thinking about success, you will be successful and it's always achievable. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, I would say, and you know, this is probably something you're, you're well aware of too, Les, like some days 
it uh there's you're like looking at the mountain in front of you and it does take effort to get yourself fired up motivated to go out there and get other people fired up and and be that source of of inspiration and commitment to to kind of keep going and keep positive um and you know that's that's what building a company is is all about yeah i love it what great advice from from your father for sure uh what so what motivates you to keep going on days when you know things just seem impossible do you have any like do you do you have do you have mentors do you have like routines or practices that help you stay on on track <laughs> um that's a great question i should have more mentors but n- I don't have a ton, actually. I think the things that keep me going, the things that keep me motivated are really, uh, like, first and foremost, my my team, um, interacting with my team and, you know, recognizing that they're in there, like, in the trenches, like, everybody's working hard to, to make our organization successful. And I find that extremely motivating. It, it definitely keeps me going. And then the other thing is is winning. It's just straight up winning. Yeah. Uh, like doing, <laughs> doing business and working alongside technology companies for a number of years, um, alongside, you know, in competition with sometimes, right? I can, I can say you find a lot of people where you're like, I know that what we are able to provide these clients is 100% better than what you can do and 100% more valuable and we're going to go win. And like being able to achieve success against um, other companies and and, and including people who may not, um, you know, treat you with the respect that you think you deserve as a small and growing company, right? Like that, that I think is very inspiring for me. We're very, you know, we're, we're out to win it at Common Font. And, and that's something that keeps me motivated and going every day as well. For sure. Uh, winning. I love it. It's such a great, such a great theme. How, how have you, uh, how has that mindset helped you win? Helped you be successful? I think the push to be, you know, profitable, to, to be financial, to financially perform, um, you know, that impetus and you have to do that as a as a company that's bootstrapped right but that um that need to serve your clients to retain your clients to do so in profitable ways it instills a lot of rigor around decisions and um assessments about like whether a, a decision is sustainable or or not and as we've um grown and and been successful also financially and have had more capital to kind of reinvest back in the business, um, we have to, and and we're able to think, you know, a little further out, a little longer term, hey, let's think about the next two years. Where do we need to be? What do we need to build today to get there? How do we invest to make that possible? Which I think, Les, is very much in line with with how you're thinking about this at Next Frontier Capital. And I, I... uh, my point is like the rigor and the discipline and the accountability to customers for for us as a firm has been um, it's the ultimate source of truth. It, does somebody want to buy from you? Do they want to keep buying? If the answer to the either of those questions is no, you have a serious problem and you need to go fix it. Um, and and I think that um, that uh, that 
you know, single source of accountability and truth, that being our clients and um, whether they believe what we have to offer is valuable is something that's that's been a real guiding light to us. It's, it's that it's that adage of, you know, sort of the, the, the best check uh, that somebody can write isn't the investor's check. It's the customers. It's the customer writing. Check, right. right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Very cool. So what yeah. any lastly, any exciting speaking of growth in the future, any exciting announcements, predictions, anything fun that's out in front of you at Common Font that you want to share with our listeners? I would love to predict the next best event that's happening in Bozeman this September 12th through 14th, uh, Common Font Confluence. So we're bringing together our clients, a number of leaders, both um, in industry and, and far outside of our industry to, to gather in Bozeman. So this is an in-person event. It's going to be amazing. We have a great speaker lineup and um, and it's so exciting to be able to get people together again, um, you know, coming out of a time when, when we were not gathering in person. So that um, event is open to our, our full community, including those who aren't kind of directly uh, clients that we serve or, or partners that we work with. And, um, you know, I'm hopeful we can can invite some great uh, Bozemanites to, to join us for that that event as well. Very exciting. Well, we will be sure to put the link in the uh, show notes so that people can learn more about content. Wonderful. That's super exciting. Thanks for that announcement. And um, I, I got to say, Abby, it's been such a joy having you on the show, as I knew it would be. Uh, from a farm in central Illinois to a tech leader in, in Bozeman and, and Montana, I would say, or, or regionally, uh, nationally, if even. Um, so, so proud to have you in our community here uh, showing us how to win every day. So why don't you uh, share with us, uh, our listeners, just where they can find more about you and about Common Font online. Great. Thanks, Les. I really appreciate it. And, and thanks to you and Next Frontier Capital for, for hosting this podcast as well. Um, you can find more about us online at commonfont.com or check me out on LinkedIn. It's, it's Abby Schlotter and would love to connect to folks in our community. Thanks again. Thanks, Abby. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to nextfrontiercapital.com to get transcripts, links, and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop every two weeks. We'll see you next time.